Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Jay Stevens Podcast. This is episode 24, and as always, thank you for listening and downloading to another episode of the podcast. Remember to always subscribe, rate, and review. It's a great way for people that are searching for a new podcast to us to come across this one. Then remember to always get the word out about the podcast via word of mouth. The things that we enjoy in life, we are more willing and somewhat wired to tell other people about. So no matter if this is your first episode or if you have been listening since episode one, be sure to people know about the podcast. That music you just heard finally, finally finally got around to finding some intro music and actually i really want to thank Corey thompson of the scarlet and great podcast for cutting the music down and making it sound really nice and good for me um Corey thompson he's a co-host of the scarlet and great podcast him and his you can find him and his co-host johnny on the unscripted ohio network to find all things Ohio State Buckeyes. If you're an Ohio State Buckeyes fan like myself, head on over to the Unscripted Ohio Network. Look for the Scarlet and Great Podcast. You will not be disappointed. There is a segment of NFL fans, primarily those that are Indianapolis Colts fans, that believe it is time for the Colts to part ways with Adam Vinatieri. The start to this season was uncharacteristic. Nobody saw this coming. One for th- uh, one for three from field goal, two for five from extra point, that's 33.3% and 40% as well if you're looking at for the percentages. That's bad. That's below average. That's some that's subpar. That is below the reputation, and that's below the way that he performs every time that he is on the field. And all of a sudden, in our microwave society, people are ready to cut ties with him. They're ready to say bye out of Vinatieri. Let's move on to somebody else. They don't care who the replacement is, might, might, might I add. They just want to get away from him that's bad that's really bad people are saying frank white why, why why are you supporting him people want frank Wright to turn his back on him chris ballard people want him people want you to just go ahead and cut him jim ursay don't support the man at all they want him and the other Colts people and other Colts players in the in the uh, locker room with him they don't want anybody to support him they want to say hey hit the road jack and don't you come back no more no more no more no more. And might I add to you, we need to slow down, pump the brakes, and just relax a little bit. It's two games. Two. At the beginning of the season, where most people don't even are just slowly getting into the routine of things. Now, granted, it's different for kickers. Yes, I completely understand that. But let me also add two road games. One of them in a soccer stadium in Los Angeles, the other one in the heat of Nashville. Yes, really bad. Road road game, home game, doesn't matter. Adam Vinatieri normally shows up, performs, and he's very good consistent. Mo- kicked the most field goals, made the most field goals in NFL history. Scored the most points also in the NFL history. So his track record Shows what kind of guy, what kind of kicker he is. Also, first ballot Hall of Famer. No question about it. If you say a kicker shouldn't be a first ballot, ah, <laughs> go back and look at Adam stats, bro. He gonna be first ballot. Let me tell you that. Then also, people are all, they're so quick to jump to conclusions and that they forget what other teams have done in a similar situation. I think of the Broncos, a former teammate of Adam Vinatieri, Mr. Peyton Manning. 
You remember Peyton Manning? He was a he was a Colts quarterback for so many years. Missed the 2011 season due to a neck injury. Some thought he would never throw the ball again. Then all of a sudden, John Elway said, "Hey, there's a glimmer of hope. I'm going to bring you in the Denver." I know the altitude's a little bit different than what you're used to. But we're going to get you acclimated to that, and we're going to we, we want you to help us win ball games. That's exactly what happened. 2013, Peyton Manning's second year in Denver. What did he do? Broke the touch, the single season touchdown record thrown for 55 touchdowns. 2015, what did he do in his last game? A guy that could barely throw the ball. All of a sudden, he walked off his last game, was in the Super Bowl, and he's and he's holding up that Lombardi trophy. Yes, the Broncos. They could have parted ways with him during during his last season. They stuck with him, and ultimately, they were the ones um, cheering, rejoicing because they kept him, and they and Peyton Manning led them to a Super Bowl win. What about Kobe Bryant? Now, Kobe Bryant was not a – he did not end his career the same way that Peyton Manning did winning a championship. But what Peyton Manning did, what the Lakers did, they stuck with him even after tearing his Achilles. They gave him a nice big contract, more of a lifetime achievement award. Some say that the Lakers should have done that. They're, they're more committed to Kobe than winning. Uh, they, they don't really care about the salary cap anymore. People were making so many comments about the Lakers. They forget the comments. They don't talk about those comments anymore, those negative comments. All of a sudden, what do we remember? We remember Kobe Bryant with that 60-point game to end his career. Dwayne Wade, same situation, similar situation. After LeBron left Miami, Dwayne Wade was kind of in no man's land. The Heat weren't really talked about. They weren't as good as, good as they used to be. Dwayne Wade left Miami, went up to Cleveland to join LeBron. He realized he, it wasn't really all, all that he thought it was going to be. So he went to left Cleveland, went to, what did he do? The Cleveland, Cleveland left him. Uh, he went to Chicago, said, I want to go back home. Went to Chicago. <laughs> that was a disaster. The Bulls just aren't that good. So he leaves there, goes back to Miami. His last game in the league, he put up a triple-double. Yes, the Heat, the Lakers, and the Broncos, in those players last season, they had every right. Let me remind you, Peyton Manning in his last season threw nine touchdowns, not the last regular se last season in the league with the Broncos, that is, uh, played 10 games, started nine, threw nine touchdowns, threw 17 interceptions. They had, all three of these teams had every right to cut their first ballot Hall of Famer. They kept him. They stuck with him. Some had career, some went out in their last game with the bang. Peyton Manning went out and and won a Super Bowl. Let's slow down. Let's relax. I understand it. It's a bad two-game stretch. I mean, honestly, kicks kicks alone. Um, if, if Adam Vinatieri makes those kick week one, the Colts are 2-0, and and there's a different conversation that everyone is having about the Colts. I mean, Andrew Luck just retired. All of a sudden, you got Jacob, Jacoby Brissett coming in, and the Colts, well, they, they could be 2-0 and if Adam Vinatieri makes his kicks. I understand it. I get it. You're upset. You're frustrated because he missed kicks. Hey, he's a part of the game. No, we're human. No one's perfect. A two-game stretch doesn't define someone's career. Uh, doesn't define someone's. Uh, doesn't define his career. That is, and it shouldn't be the reason why he got cut. He's done so much for this league, for this team, for both teams that he's been on. He should, a two-game stretch right now. First two games of the season is not should not define him. And I'm glad that Chris Bowler, Jim Ursay. Well, Chris Bowler, that is, Jim Mercer made some comments of his own. But Chris Bowler, Frank Wright, I am so happy that they have stuck with him because he, Adam Vinatieri, deserves it. Let's go ahead and take a trip to New York. 
because the New York Giants organization has decided to go away from Eli Manning, has decided to move towards a new quarterback. You know those times in life when it seems like you get a lot of news at one time? Oh, you know what I'm talking about. You know, you, you know those times in life when it seems like news comes at you quick, fast, and in a hurry? Oh, yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We have all been there. Well, you, it seems like it comes after a good time in your life. A good, you get a good weekend in. You get to have a good day at work on Friday. Saturday, you and the boys go out, have a good time, kind of a reunion style because you guys haven't seen any while and seen each other in a long time. So it's more of a reunion style, catching up time period for everyone involved. Sunday, you watch your favorite team play and they win. So you're you're doing even better than you were on Saturday night. Sunday night, you watch football again. You have a we have a classic Sunday night game with Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth doing their thing on the mic. Then you get to work on Monday. You start your day with bad news. Some the person that's at the desk next to you, they start to start they start yapping, 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 yapping. You don't care, but they still talk. Yap, yap, yap. Blah 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 blah. Lunchtime comes around. You get some news about something else. You, you still don't care about it. Like, man, people leave me alone. Me, leave me alone. I don't care about this nonsense. Just leave me alone. Later that day after work, you get some news that kind of affects you directly. You hear that one of your relatives passes away. So, man, you, you, getting, you get kind of emotional. You're happy that this didn't come at work. It comes after work. So you're able to um, uh, calculate, get your emotions in check, uh, talk to the family members, make sure everyone's okay, make sure the, see, try to see what they need. The next day at work, still same thing. The person next to you starts yapping again. Somebody else comes to you, starts talking about some nonsense. Somebody else comes up and starts and starts talking to you, and it seems like they get uh, now this news once again affects you, but it affects you in a good way. So it's kind of some good news, some a, a good feeling for you, but you still got the news in the back of your head that your that your relative just passed away. That's kind of how Monday or Monday and early on Tuesday this week started for everybody involved. We heard the news of Jalen Ramsey wanted to request a trade. We heard the news about Big Ben getting, uh, being listed, being put on the on the IR and being, uh, it was announced, excuse me, it was announced that he was out for the season with a non-contact elbow injury. Yes, that's crazy. Mika Fitzpatrick, during the Monday Night Football game, he was traded to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Drew Brees was announced that, oh wait, let, let me keep going. Yes, news came quick, fast, and in a hurry. It was announced that, it was announced that Drew Brees was going to be out for six to eight weeks with a thumb injury. And then all of a sudden, we get, it's announced that the New York Giants, the New York football Giants, have decided to bench Eli Manning to start their rookie quarterback, number six overall draft pick, Daniel Jones. You may say, wow, man, I didn't think that was going to happen right now. I thought it happened in the middle of the season. I did too. I honestly thought they would start the season with Eli, maybe have a two-quarterback system for a while, then eventually week six through through week 10, not a calculated uh, formula, but just kind of what I put together in my head. Sometimes through week six through week 10, Eli will be benched. Daniel Jones will be, will be put into the starting lineup to be the starting quarterback of the Giants. But no, the organization, they said, no, let's go ahead and put Eli back out there. We know the roster isn't that good. We know we're not going to win that many games this year. So let's go ahead and start the season with Eli. Okay, why didn't you stick with him? That's my first thought process. If you know, if your roster isn't that good, if you know for at some point you're going to have to make a quarterback change, wouldn't you make it before the season than after? 
Doesn't that make sense? That didn't make sense to me. Doesn't make sense to them. But week two, Giants 0-2 to start the season, not looking hot at all. All of a sudden, we got who? The Giants putting Daniel Jones into the starting lineup. Out of Duke, didn't really have the best college career, didn't have the best stats in college. Kind of one of those guys that was more of an unknown. He's taller, a 6'5 quarterback, so he's going to have no, no problem looking over the offensive line, getting the ball over the over the arms of the defensive line, those rushing linebackers to his receivers, tight end, running back, things of that nature. He's going to have no problem with that. But what are we going to expect of Daniel Jones? Honestly, I have no idea. I, I, I don't. Didn't watch him much at Duke. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie and say that I did. I will be the first to tell you. I did not watch much foot Duke football. If I did, it was probably highlights. Just saying it's Duke Blue Devils. Have they won the ACC in a while? No. Has Clemson still been the Has Clemson still been the face of the ACC? Yeah. So no, I I haven't watched Duke. I haven't watched Duke at all. I, I'll be the first to tell you that. I, I looked at the stats. Stats weren't uh, eye popping. Weren't alarming to say. Oh man, this guy's gonna be this guy's gonna be that dude in the NFL. He's gonna be that guy. No, nothing about anything that he did that he has done or that I've heard in college has said he's gonna be that guy. But I do understand at some point in the NFL, you have to move from someone that's all, that's basically on their last leg, that's gonna be moving away from the team and from the league very soon. You have to move on to someone new. That someone new is probably gonna be someone younger. So they said, well, now's the best time rather than later. I would have said before <laughs> start the season. Start the season with Daniel Jones, since you have a guy that you believe is going to be your franchise quarterback. Start the season with him, and then just have Eli in the back burner. If you need Eli at some point, he's there. At least you know that Eli knows the playbook, and he can make a throw or two at some point. There's a question going around. I'll get back to the Giants conversation in a little bit, but there's a question going around, and it hasn't been going around for quite a while, with Eli Manning saying, is Eli Manning a Hall of Famer? Well, his stats, you may want to say, well, what kind of career stats has Eli had? Well, he has thrown for 56,537 passing yards, seventh all-time. He has 362 touchdowns, eighth all-time. He has won two Super Bowls, both over the Patriots, or Bill Belichick fell short, fell just short, fell absolutely very small by a small margin, fell just short to the Giants, Tom Brady, and those boys up in New York. Uh, two Super Bowls, two Super Bowl MVPs. Now, here's where it gets kind of alarming to me. He has played 16 years in the NFL. He has 232 career starts. Really good. Long car long career. Really had one of the longest, uh, longest, if not the longest, um, consecutive star streaks in the NFL. So, I mean, his longevity is there. But all of a sudden, you look at him and it's his his career record is what? 116 and 116? That, that That's trash. I mean, just thinking about that. Is he a Hall of Famer? Well, if you have Eli stats and everything there, just the numbers there, without the Super Bowl wins, if he had a Super Bowl appearance, he's probably going to be there. If he had the same exact career, no Super Bowl appearances, he's probably going to be there. The Super Bowl, the Super Bowl appearances, the Super Bowl MVPs, yes, th that does put you in a different level, a different realm. People view you in a different light. But ultimately, even though he's had some division, he's won the division a few times. Eli Manning in the playoffs isn't that hot. If he's in the if he was in the playoffs, he was one and done, except for those times that he won the Super Bowl. 
Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. As crazy as that sounds, that's the kind of career. That's the kind of career Eli Manning has had. I mean, over the past few years, things haven't been that hot. Five and eleven last year. Three and thirteen the year before. 2016, 11 and five. 2015, six and ten. 14, six and ten. 2013, seven and nine. 2012, nine and seven. Sometimes throughout that time period, myself and other people included, even though Eli Manning had somewhat of a Hall of Fame career, even if he were, would have retired after 2011, where his team went nine and seven, won the Super Bowl, even if he were, if he would have retired after that, after 2011, we would look at him in a different light. 2011, nine and seven, won the NFC East, won the Super Bowl, beat the Falcons, the Packers, 49ers, and the Patriots to win the Super Bowl. So, yes, he would be looked at in a different light, a different realm. But we kind of have our blinders on with recency bias. We see the 5 and 11, 3 and 13. Yeah, it was 11 and 5 sprinkled in there, but 6 and 10, 6 and 10, 7 and 9. We see those records. We're like, oh, man, Eli Manning, man, that's not that good at all. That, that's that's not that's, that's trash, man. You're better than that. I thought you are better than that. But ultimately, we'll remember Eli Manning for what? Ultimately, probably his longevity, his consistent starts in the NFL. We'll remember him for those two Super Bowl wins, those two Super Bowl MVPs. You can debate if he should have won those or not. Whatever. It's okay. He made two. He made great throws. He played great in both of them. It's okay. Whatever you may say, he has them. He has them. So you could debate all that stuff if you want to. We'll, we'll probably remember him for his longevity, his career starts, uh, the arm that he did possess. But we won't remember him for the wins that he had. We, we will not. He will not be that guy. We will also remember him for how his career, how everything's ended in New York. The Odell Beckham Jr., um, I won't say experiment, or experience, where I wish, for Odell Beckham's sake, as great of a player as he is, yes, he's very emotional, yes, he's young, yes, he's young and immature, yes, he's growing up and he's learning right before our eyes, but I truly wish the Giants, Odell Beckham Jr., Eli Manning, they could have tried to mend that relationship, because I think if they mended that relationship, Eli Manning would have been looked at in a different light than what he is currently looked at right now. A guy that can't make the throws anymore, a guy that has a tendency at time to throw the, throw the interception, a guy that doesn't produce wins, that's kind of what Eli Manning is looked at now. But if you go back like 10, 15, 20 years down the road, he'll probably look at it in a different realm. Yes, he's not I, he's not as good of a quarterback as Phillip Rivers. He's not a Drew Brees. He's not a Ben Roethlisberger. He's not at that level. But I still think he's in that second tier of Hall of Fame caliber quarterbacks. I think at some point people will look back at Eli and say, "Hey, yes, his career was his career wasn't. He didn't have the best over. What did he have the best record? Sometimes he threw the ball. He threw too many interceptions. Yes, we all get that. Brett Favre did too. He has Super Bowl rings as well. I think of 15, 20 years down the road, even five to 10 years down the road, the 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 narrative on Eli Manning will not be what's happened over the last four to five years. It'll be the totality of his career. We'll see that now. Let's move from Eli Manning. Let's go back to the Giants. How do I? How what's going to happen with the Giants this year? Well, the bright spots is the bright spot is they're young. They're a young team um, with young players looking to make a name for themselves. Um, looking to do some, do, looking to do some things. Maybe to uh, produce some wins for this team. Yet yeah, not maybe. Hopefully, ready to produce some wins for the Giants. The New York Football Giants. Uh, the roster isn't the best. Um, organization's kind of a mess. They have Daniel Jones. It's kind of the bright spot for them. Their brightest spot is Saquon Barkley. If they could find a way for Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley to make to be kind of a tandem, Daniel Jones's arm, Barkley with his legs blocking and receiving. 
Saquon Barkley is already one of the top running backs in the NFL. So going, so pairing him with a young quarterback that can be groomed, can be um. Uh, can be uh, shaped the way or molded the way that the Giants were going to be. Yes, those two together can be a great tandem. Now, what do they have to do? Solidify the offensive line. Uh, get some guy, get some vets in the defense. Uh, some better, get some better defensive players. They have Antoine Buffet, yeah, a guy that's been a, a staple in defenses throughout his career. A good, solid piece out there. Getting later in his career, but oh, what well, the Giants? I think the Giants with Daniel Jones, the, the future kind of looks brighter than it did with Eli Manning still here. But I am all for the youth moving in New York. I think it's been needed for quite a while. Saquon, Daniel Jones, it's your time. Show the world what you two young men can do. To tank or not to tank? That is the question. Oh, yes, that's a conversation that's probably going to be had right now or it's probably being had at your nearby barbershop. For those of you, if anyone's down there in Miami, Florida, South Florida area, I am so, so sorry. If you are a Miami Dolphins fan, I apologize to you on behalf of those that will not apologize to you in the Miami Dolphins organization because things do not look good for you at all this season. I understand it's two-game stretch. I understand that... A lot can change throughout the next 14 games of this season. But I also do understand that when your team is getting rid of players such as a Laramie Tunsil, a Kenny Stills. Oh, let me go. Let's keep going. A Kiko Alonso. Oh, let's keep going. Minka Fitzpatrick literally demands a trade and it happens on the spot. If your team is making moves like that, your starting quarterback. <laughs> Man, I feel sorry for you. It's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Your running back is who? Kenyon Drake, and he wants to go ahead and get out of town? I feel sorry for you. I feel really, really, really sorry for you because no fan base. Might I add, let me say it again for emphasis. No fan base deserves to go through such cruel and unusual punishment because that's exactly how this current season is going for your Miami Dolphins. Yes, it's not looking good at all. Not looking good at all. Now, you may say, Jay, tanking is fine. Tanking works. Tanking's going to be just okay. It's going to be perfect. Why? Well, if you tank, you're going to be bad. You're going to be really, really bad. Maybe for a year, maybe for two, maybe five, maybe six. You don't know. We're not sure how long this tank job's going to go. Well, we want to tank. Okay, cool. Well, you're in Miami. Fans down there want to win. The Dolphins haven't won anything in how long? A very long time so the Dolphins want to win they have won in a long time instead of and you want to tank okay cool so you want to put a team on the field that is not going to be competitive yeah I'm fine with that why well that's going to be that's going to get us that number one spot in the NFL draft okay what has that done for anybody well we're going to draft uh we're going to draft uh two or talking about Loa okay who's going to block for him or we're going to draft, uh, we're going to draft, uh, oh, who's that guy? Justin Herbert from Oregon. I like him better. I like him better. I, I like that guy better than Tua. Okay, cool. Who's going to block for him? Okay, cool. We're going to get a, we're going to get a defensive guy. We're going to get a, we're going to get the, the best defensive end in the NFL draft get, that the NFL draft can provide that year. Okay. Who's going to be back in the backfield, the defensive backfield, trying to get uh, interceptions and slowing the quarterback down so he, his reads are all blocked up because every receiver is covered. Oh no 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 man, we're gonna get you, we're gonna get a linebacker. We want that, we want a middle linebacker. Okay, cool. Who's gonna, who's gonna be in front of him clogging up the, the offensive linemen so they don't get through to him? 
oh man, we got we got a we got a beastie left tackle coming. You you heard about him? No, I haven't. Okay, cool. Well, that's fine. You ain't heard about it. that's good. We got a beastie left tackle coming. The Dolphins organization is gonna go draft him to block for Ryan Fitzpatrick. You hear what you just said? You wanna go get a left tackle to block for who? Ryan Fitzpatrick? A glorified backup? A guy that I told someone that when they were asking why is Jameis Winston still a starter? Well, I said in Tampa Bay, it was either Jameis Winston or Ryan Fitzpatrick. Take your pick. <laughs> and they went, with, they went with the Florida State guy, uh, uh, Jameis Winston, and the rest is history. Jameis Winston is, is down in Tampa, uh, doing whatever he does down there. Ryan Fitzpatrick is what? The starting quarterback of a bad football team. Kind of makes sense, right? But, okay, cool. You, you may be on the side of tanking. I get it. I am not. Why? Because it doesn't prove anything. Tanking doesn't produce championships. I mean, isn't that the ultimate goal? If your ultimate goal is to play to win, you play to win the game. Isn't your ultimate goal to go ahead, to go ahead and play to win the game? Well, if you tank, you're going away from that uh, that motto of playing to win, playing to be competitive. If you're if you don't care about winning, well, t- go ahead and tank. I don't care. You ain't gonna win anyway. But if you care about winning, then how about we go ahead and do the rebuild mode? How about we go ahead and rebuild this thing? So that when we rebuild things, we don't bottom out. We may have a quarterback. He's a middle-tier quarterback. May not be. He's not the worst on the bottom tier. He's not the top tier. He's a guy that can help us spread the spread the contracts out, spread the money out to other players. So what? Uh, so in that we can pay uh, a left tackle to block his blind side. We can get a running back behind him that could run the ball and open up and open up passing lane, open up passing lanes because he's bringing the defensive backs and the linebackers into the box that are going to open up uh, either that are going to open up spots for receivers to go to run and get open routes. Oh, man, well, okay, cool. Well, that makes sense. Well, if you got a, a quarterback that's a little bit cheaper, it allows you time to get a left tackle, allows you time to get a running back, well, what else can you do? Well, you can spread the money out for the offensive line. If you're a football team, you can't build a football team from the outside in. Not at all. If you have all skills guys, uh, uh, two good, two or three good guys, wide receivers on uh, flanked out on either side, you have a good running back. You have good defensive backs all around. Well, if your front seven on defense and your offensive line is junk, you ain't going to win nothing. Because if you have a junk offensive line, what is that going to do? <laughs> you ain't, uh, if you have a junk offensive line, your quarterback's going to get hurt. Your running back's not going to want to be there. It's going to be bad. It's going to be really, really, really bad. And trust me, if you're a fan of a team, you do not want your team to be bad. You may say tanking is okay, but you're going to watch those games every single week. You'll be like, man, why? Tanking's okay, but this this is not fun. It's like watching the it's like watching the Cleveland Browns uh, over and over and over and over and over again. You you remember, you remember how they only won one game in two years? That's kind of what tanking is like. I mean, you, you you nobody nobody likes that. Nobody has fun. The players don't have fun. The the, the people in the organization, the coaches don't have fun. The fans don't have fun. Eventually, those that are in charge, the coaches, or the GMs, things of that nature, those people get fired because what? They cannot put a prop, the proper uh, players on the field to help produce wins. You can't do it. Well, if you want the rebuild mode, which is my mode, how about we do this? We solidify a strong offensive line. We get a strong defensive line. Get that front seven strong. And then once you have all that stuff, Let's start sprinkling things out to the outside. Yes, a quarterback's important. Yes, a running back's important. But in the meantime, we have to find a way to get the front seven and the offensive line 
good, solidified, strong, a force. So that when it times comes down comes crunch time in the game, last fourth quarter, final six minutes, final four minutes, a two-minute drive, you know your guys are up to the task to perform at the best of their abilities that they can to help produce a win. Yes, you can take all you want to, have at it, be the provide, be the best tanker you can be. But I'm on that rebuild train. Miami Dolphins fans, I feel sorry for you. 0-2 to start the season. Only scored 10 points, giving up 102 points. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that hurts me thinking about it. So far this season, I feel sorry for you. I feel really, really sorry for you. But, hey, hopefully things get better. <laughs> hopefully the players stop trying to request for their, go to their agents to get shipped out of town. Hopefully all that stops. But you never know. Tank or rebuild? I like rebuilding. To me, that's the best way to go. Before we get out of here, it is Thursday, and we have to go over our picks for the upcoming week. Last week in college football, I went 3-1 with the lone loss coming with North Carolina with the poor clock management that happened that Friday evening. I am currently 9-5 uh, in college football so far this year with the picks, so I'm, that's not too bad. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that for right now. 2-2 two two last week in the NFL. The Browns, no, no, the Browns won. Excuse me, who lost? The Chargers lost. Then also the Panthers lost on Thursday night, so this week coming up who do i have well in college football i have utah over usc i have georgia over notre dame remember i or before the season i said this is going to be one of those somewhat quote-unquote uh big crucial tough games notre dame i don't believe they could win georgia over notre dame i have texas a&m over auburn i have texas over oklahoma state this week in the nfl I have the Titans over the Jaguars. I have the Chiefs over the Ravens. I have the Vikings over the Raiders. And I have the Bills getting, no, not the Bills, the Bears getting the first win of the season over the Washington Redskins. I surely hope I can get a Thursday night game and a Monday night game correct this week. We'll see what happens in a little bit. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Jay Stevens Podcast. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Underscore J25. That is at Dr. Underscore J-A-Y, the number two and the number five. You can send all emails to jstevenspod at gmail.com. Once again, that is jstevenspod at gmail.com. Remember to always subscribe, rate, and review. It's a great way for people that are searching for any podcast to listen to to come across this one. Then remember, then remember to always get the word out about the podcast via word of mouth. The things that we enjoy in life, we are more willing and someone wired to tell other people about so no matter if this was your first episode or if you have been listening since episode one be sure to let people know about the podcast this has been episode 24 of the jc podcast i'll see you next time